Hello and welcome to this podcast about leadership in times of crisis. My name is Sue, and I, alongside my group members, am enrolled in the Stockholm School of Economics Master Program in Business and Management. This podcast is part of the course Leading Change, where the task is to evaluate one specific aspect in crisis management. With me today, I have my colleague William, who will help us in extracting valuable lessons for business leaders. He will do this by shedding light on common mistakes often made by leaders by analyzing historical global crises. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Now, would you say that my introduction of what you will present was correct? Absolutely. My ambition is to pinpoint mistakes in global crises, such as the current Corona situation, and extract lessons for how business leaders can mitigate the risk of making mistakes in times of crisis. But more specifically, I will focus on communication as an overall concept, as all the mistakes we will touch upon are related to communication. I understand. And why will we focus on communication? Because communication is vital. Nothing works if you don't have proper communication in place. And in times of crisis, this becomes even more apparent. Mm-hmm. So if we take a look at the corona outbreak from the start, the outbreak of corona started in China. Is there something with their actions that you find interesting? Absolutely. When the potential of the corona outbreak surfaced, for both the authorities, researchers and other people, their initial reaction was to keep the information hidden. If we look at the Chinese society as an organization, it is incredibly hierarchical, where subordinates seldom question their superiors. The reason why this becomes especially problematic in a crisis situation is that it allows for a concept called functional stupidity to occur. What do you mean with functional stupidity? What is that? Functional stupidity was coined by Professor Mats Alveson and refers to an organization that is not participating in critical thinking. The organization learns to stop their critical thinking due to harsh hierarchical circumstances and as a measure to increase efficiency. If there is no discussion and questioning going on, Actions can be taken right away. Oh, really? And functional stupidity and hierarchical structure has led to organizational crisis as well? Well, if we take the Volkswagen crisis back in 2015, several people were aware of the pollution test being inaccurate and presented false information. And yet no one dared to speak up. So what this means is that even if functional stupidity is not permeating an organization, Employees must feel safe psychologically in order to speak up and criticize their superiors. And how can business leaders make sure their employees feel psychological safety? I think the key task for business leaders to do is to promote and build a culture that encourages critical thinking. A practical suggestion of how an organization can do this is by setting up an anonymous whistleblower function in order to make sure critical yet crucial voices are raised. Do you have a business case that has successfully managed to make sure critic is raised, heard and acted upon? Absolutely. Toyota, with their lean approach, has managed to do this successfully. Any worker can use so-called and-on lever to notify everyone in manufacturing that the problem has occurred. The whole production stops until the problem is resolved, which prevents a minor issue from becoming a huge organizational problem. I see. But couldn't it be the case that the management teams fail to listen or acknowledge the notification of a problem or critique being raised? 
of course, and I think an interesting example of how this unfolded in the development of the corona outbreak is to observe the reaction by Trump and his administration when the Chinese authorities started to communicate about this potential crisis. Uh, what do you mean? Well, the first week, Trump communicated that everything was fine and the situation was under control. A week later, he delivered the same message. Two weeks later, he continued on that message as well as three weeks later. But now, mid-March, they have acknowledged the pandemic as the problem is growing in the country. And what do you think was the reason for this? I think cognitive bias was a major issue for the Trump administration, with availability bias and oversight bias occurring. What do you mean with these concepts? So, in terms of availability bias, the human brain has a tendency to look for shortcuts in understanding a situation, where previous experience influenced our perception of a new situation. Now, if we consider the outbreak of SARS in 2003 and the MERS outbreak in 2015, they never reached the United States, which made the Trump administration disregard and underestimate the warnings made by the Chinese authorities. Okay, so how can this business leaders avoid falling into the trap of this cognitive bias? The key for business leaders to have in mind is that they need to be aware of their own assumptions and challenge them when the information that goes against these assumptions is being presented. How can they do that? A way of accomplishing this is to utilize the concept of double-loop learning, where assumptions are constantly being questioned and revised. I understand. And how can leaders and organizations do that practically? They can use a devil's advocate, whose sole role is to question and critique what is being taken for granted, as well as how the discussion is developing to make sure assumptions are being considered. Good point. Do you see any other valuable lessons that business leaders can learn from cognitive bias? Yes, of course. First, I would like to point out that the issue with cognitive bias has repeatedly caused several crises to occur. If we look at the Chernobyl crisis, the researchers at the nuclear plant had all the information that suggested that the meltdown was about to happen. But, considering that no one dared to speak up, thus allowing cognitive bias to take place, it reduced their scope of actionable decisions they could make, and when they finally acknowledged that the meltdown was occurring, it was already too late for them to take action. Mm-hmm. Then what is the lesson then? The lesson is that if you neglect information about a potential crisis for too long, your ability to take proper action to prevent the crisis will be reduced. Interesting, interesting. But if we continue on the track of communication during times of crisis, do you see any complications of Trump's way of communicating, where he for two months said that everything was fine and then abruptly changed it to the virus being a crisis? Of course, this is truly problematic. What happened with Trump is that his cognitive bias, mainly oversight bias, led him to become overconfident. When this overconfidence shows to be false, the perception of external stakeholders is obviously changed in a negative way. Do you have any additional examples where a similar situation occurred? Yeah, when the Spanish flu occurred, local officials refused to share the actual number of deaths and communicated that the situation was under control, as they did not want to lower the morale of the troops. Later, when they became more transparent and wanted to implement critical public health measures, it was too late. 
the credibility of the officials became reduced, which caused the public to not fully listen. I understand. So credibility is important to maintain in times of crisis then? Absolutely. Then how do you do that? Honesty is key. You don't need to have the answer if you are transparent about it and the actions you are undertaking to generate a better understanding of the situation. I see. But if you end up in a situation much like the one that Trump is facing, where you've shown overconfidence and credibility is lost as you haven't been transparent, what can you do then in your communication to get the public to support you again? Obviously, it's hard to rebuild credibility, but there is a theoretical concept called apologia that could provide guidelines for business leaders if they find themselves in a media crisis. What does apologia mean? Is it like an apology? Uh, It's more than that. Apologia is a communication response strategy that can be used differently depending on the context. It's a communication tool that is beneficial for shaping the public opinion. How can they do that in a situation like this? One suggestion is to use differentiation and transcendence, which means that you remove the action from its negative context and place the action in a new and favorable context. I understand. So in terms of communication outwards to the public, there needs to be a lot of transparency and honesty to keep credibility. If organizations already find themselves in a media crisis, then adopting the apology strategy can help the organization to get back on the track, right? Yes. All right. So to sum up, this podcast has been about communication in times of crisis. We have touched upon how important communication is before the crisis unfolds, where functional stupidity prevents the organization from having a critical discussion. The key thing for business leaders to address this phenomenon is to build a culture where employees feel psychologically safe, so critical voices is being raised. Correct, but communication is not a one-way street. It is equally important that management teams, being the listener, in this case, manage to do just that. Listen, we have touched upon how previous experience of similar events can cause a cognitive bias to occur, which prevents management from absorbing the information. And you said that double-loop learning was key for business leaders to utilize to address this problem, right? Yes, and they practically do this by having a designated role of someone acting as the devil's advocate, questioning everything that is being said. Mm, I understand. And when it comes to media, it is important to, uh, for business leaders to be transparent and honest to keep credibility. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And should they find themselves in a situation where they have lost credibility due to overconfidence or something similar, the communication response strategy Apologia can help organizations build up the lost credibility once more. Perfect. Thank you so much, William, for joining this podcast. It's been truly amazing. Do you something final uh, you would like to finish this uh, today's podcast with? Uh, yes. From the words of uh, Winston Churchill, communication works for those who work at it. To sum, the main takeaways are, first, promote psychological safety to prevent functional stupidity. Second, become aware of your own bias with the help of a devil's advocate. Third, be honest towards media and use the apology strategy if you need to rebuild lost credibility. To our listeners, I would like to thank you for tuning in and I hope you take away these lessons and let them help you if you find yourself in a crisis. Thank you and goodbye.